Hello, welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. It is our goal every week to bring the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we pray that it changes your heart and provokes life change and action. God bless, and please listen from your heart. Enjoy. If you got your Bible this morning, I'm going to ask, if you will, turn to 1 Corinthians 16 in your Bible. This morning, we're going to talk about being brave. Being brave is going to finish out our our study in 1 Corinthians and, and will help us understand what's ahead for all of us. The first thing that it, that it lends us to is, is, just in case you didn't know, Judah was the one that was saying those verses there this morning. So thank you, Judah, as you watched this morning for saying those verses. But the entire chapter of 1 Corinthians 16 is where we're going to land. But bravery, who represents bravery in your life? If you had to put a face to that name, who represents bravery in your life? When you think about it, who do you envision? We observed in the video about Dietrich Bonhoeffer and the impact he made to the world. Many know the importance of his writings and his importance on discipleship and the cost for a believer. It is costly to be a believer in the world that we're living in right now. It is costly to stand firm when no one else is. And it's hard to stand firm even when brothers and sisters in Christ are not standing firm, right? It is difficult to do so. But we are called each to be steadfast. Because of the faith that we have, we are called to bravery. See, bravery appears in many forms. And most oftentimes we call them, what, heroes, right? We label them as heroes in this life, but no more so than the calling given to the Galatian churches, the Galatian church in this passage. Biblical bravery excels the conversation and promotes God's agenda above our own. When we don't care about who's getting the credit, we are able to promote the kingdom of God more effectively to an ever-growing skeptical and sinful world. So let's look in chapter 16. And let's see what it calls us to do as we are called to remain diligent until God leads or Jesus comes. First through six verses of that. It says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so do you also. On the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save, as he may prosper, so that no collections be made when I come. When I arrive, whomever you may approve, I will send them with letters to carry your gift to Jerusalem. And if it is fitting for me to go also, they will go with me. But I will come to you after I go through Macedonia. For I am going through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you, or even spend the winter, so that you may send me on my way, whichever I may go. So there's a journey, there's an understanding that that there's more to be done. There's an understanding there's more left to address. 
There's more to this plan that we are to engage in, be involved in. There's a world around us, even though we are personally going through a pandemic and we are socially distancing ourselves even this morning and we are separated in a sense. There's a world around us that's separated from the Almighty and they are still looking for answers. This pandemic hasn't changed the need in our world, has it? This pandemic hasn't changed. It's only ignited a greater fire. It's only started things in our society and brought up so many things that that have begun to fester over the years and now coming to the surface. It started all of these things. So we are to continue to be brave in the face of all of that. To be diligent. To be the ones who stand on the line for those who can't. Secondly, chapter 16, as we, as we look at that, it's of course leads us to be diligent and to wait until Jesus comes. But, but furthermore, we ought to understand the power of presence. I think most of our brains right now are on overdrive, right? And there's a distinct value, though, in being present with someone. Have you ever had someone who made you feel most important and focused on you if it just was just for that moment, showing you you were worth their time? If you ever encountered somebody like that, you know what I'm saying. It's, it's almost as if you are singularly their focal point for that given point in time and not everything else is going on. It's hard to do that in the here and now when we are inundated with so many technological resources, so many things on our agendas, so many things that are going on, most people can't focus, right? They can't stand where they need to and focus. But there's power in being present in the here and now. There's power in being present with those that are around us, showing them that they are worth our time. Verse 7 says this, For I do not wish to see you now just in passing, for I hope to remain with you for some time, if the Lord permits. But I will remain in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a wide door for effective service has opened to me, and there are so many adversaries. There are so many adversaries. You are going to encounter opposition. You're going to encounter adversaries. You're going to encounter all of those things. What are you going to do when you face adversaries, when you face a foe that is not of this world? Because don't get me wrong, you might look around and say, well, that's so-and-so or that's so-and-so. No, that's evil in this world. That's sin in this world. That's, that's the devil running amok in somebody's life in this world. It's just come up to the surface now. Fourthly, Timothy and Apollos were charged to be helpful. Verses 10 through 12. Now if Timothy comes, see that he is with you without cause to be afraid, for he is doing the Lord's work, as also I am. Verse 11, So let no one despise him, but send him on his way in peace, so that he may come to me, for I expect him with the brethren. But concerning Apollos, our brother, I encouraged him greatly to come with you with the brethren, And it was not at all his desire to come now, but he will come when he has opportunity. So, there's an importance to be helpful to those around us. Fifth, 
All things are to be done in love. Verse 13 says, Be on alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Now I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanas, that they were the first fruits of Acacia, and that they have devoted themselves for the ministry of the saints, so that you also must be in subjection to such men and to everyone who helps in the work and labors. I rejoice over the coming of Stephanus and Fortunus and Achaeus because they have supplied what was lacking on your part. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge such men. The churches of Asia greet you. Aquila and Prisa greet you in, heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. All the brethren greet you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The greeting is in my own hand, Paul. If anyone does not love the Lord, he is to be accursed. Maranatha. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with all of you in Christ Jesus. Amen. This lends us to ask some questions, right? First and foremost, all of this is to be done in love, right? The way that you and I primarily are meant to operate is in the love that has been given to us in Christ. We are conduits of the Holy Spirit. We who have been charged are now meant to be a mouthpiece for the Lord in this world. We have something we are called to do. And we are called to stand for Him. So how are you brave in the face of uncertain times? How are you brave when you didn't expect any of this to come? You didn't expect anything like this to happen. You turn your television on and you say, well, I didn't expect any of that. You didn't expect this. You didn't expect to be where you are dealing with this pandemic, dealing with these issues, dealing with all of this. You didn't expect it. I didn't expect it either. But God is not taken aback. And the granted time that we have is a great time for us to draw near to the Lord. To be ready for that faithful service when He calls us to step out and be brave. To stand firm in our faith. To do what He has expected to, for us to do all along. It's just now it's more predominant in our mind. Now we see the need ever more so here. How are you standing up for Him in a growing, skeptical world. How are you doing it? Secondly, each one of us run into this fight versus flight mechanism in our life. We run into these times where we can stand and fight, we can remain firm in our faith, or we can abandon and just believe like the rest of the world. Many of our Christian brethren and sisters, what have they done? They've accepted things in the churches that are not meant acceptable. They've taken what is human understanding and they've applied it to biblical works. It simply can't be that. See, God's Word is never meant to be an adage to what we think. It is to meant to be a first informer of everything that we do. Of what we say and where we go. And it's meant to inform the world. It's meant to inform all of us. So when we are called to fight or flight, 
we are called to remain steadfast. Steadfast means that regardless of what is going on around us, and even if we find ourselves surrounded, we stand firm on our convictions, on our faith, on our God-led initiative in this world to make disciples of all nations. That does not change. God does not change. We have to remember that during these times. Thirdly, how are you present with those around you? I heard it said like this, they will not care what you know until they know that you care. So it's important for you and I to build rapport with those around us before they will listen to what we have to say. Chances are you've, you've talked to somebody and they've automatically clicked you off and you know it. You ever talk to somebody and they, they, you automatically know they're not listening? They might be hearing, but they're not listening. It's the same thing. You, you build relationships with others, they're going to listen more heartily to what you're saying because they know that you care, right? Greater still, they know that you love them, don't they? They know you love them because they know where it's coming from. They know where and what direction you are coming from to speak into their lives. See, I remember, for me, a professor at Mississippi College that told me the story of a group of men that came to visit his home and wanted to return to talk more about Jesus. See, he continued to meet with them, not letting them know his occupation at that point, although I'm sure they know by now, because it's been years since now, See, he built an openness and relationship where he could speak into their lives. He didn't automatically shut them down, but he listened. See, he was secure in his relationship with the Lord. He understood what they believed and understood. And he knew that theology that he had was sound. So he patiently waited until the door was open to speak into their lives the biblical truth of Jesus Christ. He didn't automatically shut them down. Also, I remember visiting a former pastor at a rather large church. I don't remember the reason why I was there, but I do remember how I felt. I remember thinking this person won't have time for me and I'll be rushed out of there. If you've ever had that mindset going in, you think that you're just going to be rushed in and out. I experienced something rather different at my time there by comparison. When I arrived, I felt welcomed. I wasn't rushed in or out. Instead, I felt like I really mattered. That he asked those questions that were not the surface type questions that were meant to get me in and out, but deeper and engaging ones. See, people will not always remember what we say, I know as pastors, but they'll remember how we made them feel as Christians. In a world full of skeptics and varying degrees of morality, we need to remember how and why just as important as what we say. Who we represent and love. Fourthly, I believe we cannot hate someone and love them like Jesus intends for us to do. Would you agree with that this morning? We can't hate somebody and love them like Jesus. What relationships around us need work? What relationships around you this morning as you're contemplating all of this need work? 
so that Jesus might be able to do His best in and through you because that's the reality. I want God to do His best in me. You want God to do His best in you, don't you? You don't want to be half-hearted, lackluster, especially in the world here and now where things are so much engaged on end and maybe your nerves have been so on end and frazzled and you've been stressed and dealing with the world around you, even in your small contained area, you're dealing with that. But there's a greater thing going on in this world right now. There's a greater opening for God's people to speak and stand firm. There's a greater calling to be brave despite what people are going through. So what about us working on relationships? And what about if the other person doesn't reciprocate the feelings that we have? See, we can't worry about another person. All we can do is be humble and try and leave the rest to God who will deal with them in their lives. You and I are to love, period. Not to love, dot, 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 if someone fits into this or that kind of bubble. We are to love without end. Because in Christ, you and I have been loved without end. Amen? Over and over again every day. You all woke up this morning, right? You have another chance. Be brave in your faith. Come to God in honesty. Deal with the relationships that need to be dealt with. Because life is fragile and short. And while we think that this season is going to last forever, it won't. Just like people who are open to the Gospel during this time won't always be open. If you go out and you actually get out and you actually go in stores and you actually look on shelves, you'll see a lot of different books are missing or gone. But you'll see a lot of Bibles missing and gone too. Some of you have said, I've sure missed being in church, and me too. I like talking to live people. Uh, but at the same time, how many people have watched our broadcasts? How many people have seen the Gospel that have never seen it before? There are many that have been let go at work or furloughed or, or various other things, and they have copious amounts of time, so there's many of people that will watch sermons all day long. And they'll watch church services. And they'll engage because they're hungry. And that's the real thing. When all the distractions are put to the side, people are hungry for truth, hungry for the Lord. See, for you and I, we've got to still bring the message, right? The still message of truth that God is love and desires to save even the dirtiest soul. And it's not up to you and I to say who's that or this or anything else. It's up to you and I just to love on them. To give them the benefit of the doubt because God has done that for us. To forgive them all because God has forgiven us for everything. See, when we really engage and look at it, the reason we live is to give glory to Him. So I'm going to ask you this morning, what has God called you to do? How have you in this time, in this place, been challenged by the Word of God? 1 Corinthians 16 challenges us 
all to love, to be diligent, to be brave in the face of whatever comes our way. We understand a truth beyond all things. That God, He's the same yesterday, today, and in the future. So for us, be brave. Remain steadfast. Don't let the world change us. Let the Word change us. Let's pray. Father God, we come this morning. God, we are so thankful to be in Your house. God, we are so thankful to be among Your people. God, we are so thankful to worship You. God, I pray for the many that are contemplating their lives, their salvation. God, I pray that on today, if there's someone that needs to know You as Lord and Savior, God, I pray today is that day. God, I pray for the ones who, who may be challenged this morning to be more than they are. God, to remember their purpose is to be diligent, to be brave, to be steadfast, to do all that You've called them to do while they are here in this world. Heavenly Father, God, I, I pray for each and every soul that is sick. God, those that are dealing with mental illness and hardships. God, those that are dealing with setbacks and losing their jobs. God, I pray that they will look to You for their hope. They will find all that they need. And despite the circumstance, if they have You in their lives, they can be brave beyond measure. Because God, You are the one who changes hearts around us. So let us not be changed by the world around us. Let us be changed by you. Heavenly Father, as we lead into a time of invitation, God, I call you to lead us like never before. It's in your mighty name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. We know that your time is the most valuable item you have, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page at facebook.com fbcms. Both can be found in the show notes below. If you would leave a rating or review for our new podcast, we would be very appreciative. And if you would share it with others, we would be eternally grateful. We pray that you have a God-filled day. And remember, love God, love people, and reach the world. Have a good day.